0: Hello and welcome to Enroute Excursions, where you will hear snippets of longer interviews that are 10 minutes or less. Here is your host, Dennis Sanders. Welcome to Enroute Excursions, this is Dennis Sanders. Well, if you took a trip to Columbus, Indiana, you might be surprised. The city of 50,000 has architecture from world 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 famous architects. The Sarnians, I.M. Pei, Cesar Pelli, and many others. The reason that this town is blessed with such architecture is because of one man, J.R. Miller. He was the CEO of Cummings Engine. He was also someone that was involved in religion and in politics. Jeffrey Caba Service, who is with the Niskanen Center, talks a little bit about who J. Irwin Miller is and also about the loss of two important um, streams in American culture, mainline Protestantism and martyr Republicanism. These are two streams where that met in Miller. So let's hear from Jeffrey
1: Kaba Service. Will Herberg, a sociological study from 1955 called Protestant Catholic Jew. Um, and that was a time when the mainline denominations were growing by leaps and bounds, sort of in connection with the move to the suburbs, um, but also because there was a great coming together around the American way of life, which uh, was also a common religion in in Herberg's terminology. Um, You know, essentially ideas, rights, symbols that people looked to to provide a sense of national unity, and that was very different from the, the, the kind of more radical, uh, revisionist energies of the 1930s um, and one of the things that americans are trying to do in the 1950s in both the establishment sense and also in the religious sense is to re-establish a sense of order that had been disrupted by the depression and the world war uh, that had really shaken so many assumptions about human nature as well as american mm-hmm. society um, and you know religion isn't a necessary component to reordering society in that sense, but it is something that Americans historically had identified. Um, I remember that when I was a graduating senior at Yale, um, we at commencement sang the traditional Yale commencement hymn, which if I remember correctly is called, uh, "O God Beneath Thy Guiding Hand. And uh, the sort of second lyric is, our exiled fathers crossed the sea. This is sort of in keeping with the whole Puritan and Pilgrim heritage. And and there's a line in there, which is, laws, freedom, truth, and faith in God came with those exiles or the waves. And it was that sense of order provided by religion that was so central to the Americans' idea of ordered liberty. And specifically, religion provided, um, I guess you would say, restraints on the energy of the frontier, on the energy of individualism that otherwise would have torn the nation apart. Uh, King McGrew, for the subject of my first book, was really quite taken by the fact that his Harvard Law degree, and all Harvard Law degrees, uh, came with uh, the, the motto about those wise restraints that make men free. Um, and again, there is some sense that Protestantism specifically was the culture that channeled America's energies into productive uh, paths, and that absent that kind of restraint, um, you would have uh, an unruly anarchic society that ultimately might collapse. And that was also a sense that people like J. Irwin Miller had of themselves and their role as members of an establishment. And as Miller put it to me in one of our discussions, um, he's an engine maker, and engines can o- overheat uh, and explode in some cases. Uh, and the thing that prevents them from overheating is what's called a governor. Mm-hmm. And Miller saw that as his role. Um, he is part of the governor or the governing group that, to some extent, tamp down on the vociferous energies of society that keep it moving forward rather than exploding.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. And the, it sounds like in our modern days, we don't have those governors anymore?
1: Well, you know, you and I had talked once upon a time about a review I wrote of uh, Joseph Bottoms' book, An Anxious Age, Mm -hmm. which is uh, his meditation on post-Protestant America. And the analogy that he used, which I think is a very good one, is that um, Protestantism used to define American culture. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the great cultural Mississippi running through the nation. And now that river appears to have run dry. But in fact, um, part of Bottoms' claim, which was really sort of ahead of the time for 2014 when he wrote the book, was that those essentially religious energies have been diverted into other channels given the decline of mainstream Protestantism. And he specifically thought that the people whose parents would have been Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Methodists, Baptists, um, were going to college and then coming out and becoming secular and channeling those essentially religious impulses into social uh, progress and the kind of social gospel first articulated by Walter Rauschenbusch. Um, And political correctness, he identified as a form of religion. Um, and therefore, he was one of the first, again, to the fore, to say that the energies released last year by the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the kind of racial and identitarian uh, reevaluation that went on, had much akin to a kind of religiosity. Um, and I've had a lot of people push back on me when I repeat things like that, uh, because they think that being identified as being moved by religious impulses as a way of diminishing their commitment and sincerity. But I think there actually is something to it. Oh, there's a lot to that. Um, I think
0: religion, obviously, if you're thinking it's just that it's about belief in God, that might be offensive to some, but religion also can be something that is the thing that orders our lives and that can... um, really guide who we are and what we do and and as you even said earlier about a a governor it 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 really kind of directs you so it and i do think that there is a lot of of that when you see that in some of the social movements um what has been kind of called quote unquote woke culture there is a religiosity to it um that is very similar to what you would see in a church um, there is sin, um, there is confession, there isn't yet that much redemption yet, but those parts very of it are there, are, are very much there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I got to admit, I am troubled when I think about this movement or religion or whatever you want to call it, um, because the model that I have in mind for social progress is specifically the civil rights movement of the mm-hmm. 50s and 60s. Um, And of course, this moderate uh, republicanism that I'm talking about, this liberal establishment I'm talking about, did support the civil rights movement very strongly as well. Um, But so too, ultimately, did society. Uh, The civil rights arguments of people like Martin Luther King ultimately proved to be very persuasive. And when one tries to think about what made the civil rights movement successful— You identify a number of factors that don't seem to be present in today's politics or today's society, for that matter. One of them, obviously, is that um, the civil rights uh, cause was deeply important in both parties Mm -hmm. and arguably stronger in the Republican Party, precisely because it identified itself as the party of Lincoln that was founded to free the slaves and bring equality to Americans as against the Southern aristocracy. Um, But another reason is that the civil rights movement operated on multiple levels. Um, You'll often see essays nowadays about Martin Luther King as a radical, and it's true. The idea in the early 1960s of a society in which Black people participated equally was a radical idea. It represented a huge change in society. But at the same time, Martin Luther King especially was drawing upon biblical themes.
0: Thanks for listening. To hear the full episode, please go to nrootpodcast.org. Take care.